Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. Anyhow, I will intro this episode just by this alone. And then we'll get back to the recording. You know, sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner, dude. You know, sometimes I feel like my only friend is a city I live in, brother, dude. City of Angels. Lonely as I am, brother, dude. Brother, dude. Together we cry. I drive on the streets because she's my companion, brother dude. I walk through her hills because she knows who I am. She sees my good deeds. She kisses me windy. I never worry. That's a lie, brother, dude. I don't ever want to feel, brother, dude. Like I did that day, brother, dude. Take me to the place I love, brother, dude. Like I did, brother, dude. Hey, you get the gist. Are you there? I am here. Okay, sorry. So I guess it cuts you off if I have another audio on it, but I hope I can hardly there. hear you with that music. Oh, sorry. No, it's all good. Well, we'll pipe it in and edit and go around it. Okay. But whatever you want. All right. Well, we'll we'll start it off officially. I will let you do the intro. Okay. They say it's summertime and the living ain't easy as we are approaching the end of the month of June here on the next episode of Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors. I am one half of your hosting squad, one half of the retrosexuals of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, Dave Rosenbluth from Kicking Out at Two. And joining me as always, the Dr. Dr. Frankenstein, the mayor, the mad scientist of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, Kobe Nido. What's going on, man? Hey Dave, thanks for um, thanks for keeping up with me. I mean, especially since I just tormented you for about three minutes of uh, Hulk Hogan rendition of fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> it's all Red good. Hot Hogan Peppers. There you go, <laughs> um, brother, dude. Um, yeah, we'll get it mixed up and get it together. But yeah, I'm happy to join you here on this episode of Marking Out the Days. June 27th edition. Uh, this is episode 10, man. Uh, you know, like the the old uh, podcast motto goes, you get 10 episodes and then you just quit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tapping we should out? just quit after this. Yep. Let's Ar- Arnie Skolan throwing in the towel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or, 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 is it, or is it Martha Hart, 1994 Survivor Series? Yeah, there we go. 
Don't do it. Don't throw in the towel. I told you not to throw in the fucking towel. <laughs> what are you doing? He's going to do it. Don't listen to the little bastard over there. you go throw in the towel. Are you going to quit? you going to quit on me because you did 10 podcasts? Now you're going to quit all of a sudden? You think you're some bitch cop because you do 10 podcasts? How about I bring you downstairs to the basement and maybe we stretch you a little bit underneath the sewer pipes and then after it's all said and done, Bruce upstairs, he's going to make some sandwiches and then we're going you know, to talk about Stampede and Calgary and then you know, the time I wrestled the polar bear underneath the front porch. Have some discipline. Have some discipline. Yeah, uh, you big nasty rhino. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The little bastard. Indeed. So that's it. We, we, we had a good run. Ten podcasts. That's it. Yep, and that's it. We quit. And then we quit. Okay. So are we quitting during this podcast or after this podcast? We'll figure it out as we go. So this might be like one of those like tag team matches where the partner walks out mid match and leaves the guy hanging, kind of like Mega Powers Twin Towers. And uh, who knows who it could be? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. Cool. Cool. Very cool. Keep the fans in suspense. As I uh, recently asked on the Facebook page for compatrons, compartions, or uh, co-hosts or cohorts, if you will anybody to join the allegiance during the month of july because you will be on vacation dave correct uh yeah i guess you could call it that um a lot of stuff going on in in my personal life with uh and we're we're humans yeah exactly yeah you know what i mean so you know uh my brother's getting married um coming up on july the 3rd i got family from out of town that's going to be here for a month staying with me um so i kind of had to uh i had to put the majority of my own podcast kicking out at two in the can and unfortunately with our schedules um we couldn't do we could we couldn't catch up and get ahead so to speak with some of these shows so um you know i'm i'm kind of leaving you in a lurch a little bit here I'm, i'm going off and uh entertaining family for the next month or so but Come August, hopefully, if uh, if 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 you, uh, if you if you want me back, I'll be glad to uh, I'll be glad to uh, take my spot back. Well, absolutely, you will always have your spot. Um, Not a dog uh, spot. We're just Not gonna a have spot, but my spot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Exactly. Any gotcha. spot you want. Right. Uh, cancer spot. Um, <laughs> anything. I don't want that spot. I don't want that spot. Mm. That's okay. mm-hmm. You sure about that? That's that's everlasting. That's that's memorable. The cancer spot? Yeah, because it changes. Uh, yeah. But Roman Reigns had the cancer we'll spot. Oh, into, never I mind. Know. Don't want to yeah. get into All it. Right. No, so, yeah, too yeah soon. he did have a good cancer spot, though. Yeah. That's what Vince calls it behind stage, <laughs> I'm sure. He's like, God damn it. That cancer spot was so good. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. But, but wow. getting into it. Yeah, we are going to have guest hosts, co-hosts, if you will, on the month of marking out the days for July. And I'm so happy to have those guests come aboard. Um, it's, a, it's a surprise for everybody else. But uh, stay tuned. I am I'm very honored and privileged that uh, everybody responded so quickly. Um, it Very lets cool. me know that yeah. we also have a good listening and a good um, fan base, if you yeah, will. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that is awesome. Yes. Yes, it is. So um, we will miss you during July, Dave. I but appreciate you will that. Steal, you will still be with us 
at yeah. kicking out at two. So you want to run everybody down what's going on uh, last week, next week, and this week, and maybe the month of July for kicking out at two. Yeah, absolutely. Last week we had um, our uh, wrestling wedlock countdown. We counted down the top ten weddings in pro wrestling history. My brother Justin, like I said, getting married July 3rd. He joined me. We sat down. We went from 10 all the way to 1. We talked about um, you know, his, uh, his process getting to the altar, so to speak. This week, Justin joined me once again uh, as we brought back the My Favorites collection. For those of you unaware of what that is, My Favorites is, uh, is a series on Kicking Out at 2 where we cover either favorite matches, favorite wrestlers, favorite storylines. And we discuss them at length. Sometimes we watch some of that stuff in, in special watch parties. But uh, this time around, we covered Justin's favorite wrestler of all time, the guy that he grew up on and the one that really made him fall in love with wrestling, and that's Brett the Hitman Hart. Justin's, that's me. Ju- yeah. <laughs> Justin's memories uh, growing up um, watching the Hitman. We talked about you know the highlights, the lowlights, and everything in between when it came to uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. And next week... Here's Brett doing a promo for that. Oh boy! Check out the little fucking punk. Uh, this dude loves me because uh, I'm the greatest, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And I guess, um, uh, I guess, uh, congrats on your marriage. <laughs> Hope it goes well. Hope you trust each other. God damn, bittersweet Bret Hart. Wow, yeah. thanks. Yeah, thanks for the advice, Brett. Appreciate it. Um, wow, I'm sure my brother would too. Um, <laughs> anyhow. Um, yeah, so we cover Brett, and then next week, on the wedding day, July the 3rd, Justin joins us along with uh, my buddy Dennis J. Levy, and we sit down and we watch Canadian Stampede in your house from July the 6th, 1997. We watched that show awesome. from beginning to end, had a lot of fun doing that recently when we recorded that. The following week, we celebrate the one-year anniversary of Kicking Out at Two, which I think is pretty cool. Um, we're going to kind of go back full circle a little bit. About a year ago, when I started kicking out at 2, I debuted with a pilot episode. It was a watch-along of Bash at the Beach 1996. I did it all by myself. Well, we're not going to do a watch-along covering that show. Um, Instead, we are going to... um we're going to uh, keep with the Bash at the Beach theme, but we're going to bring back our Trading Places series where we take the, the results from an event and we flip them and we try to realistically map out the trajectories of the winners and losers. So, for instance, what if Hulk Hogan was unable to defeat Ric Flair in his debut match in WCW at Bash at the Beach 1994? We ponder all the possibilities and then some from that event, from the main event with Hogan and Flair all the way down the card. The following week... Hoping and praying we get this done, depending on scheduling, because it's the only show that I didn't put in the can yet for when it comes to kicking out of two. But we were going to do a Bash at the Beach watch party of the Bash at the Beach 1995 event, the event that took place on the beach, literally, from Huntington Beach, California. Uh, it was headlined by Hulk Hogan and Vader for the WCW world title, Ric Flair and Randy Savage in a lifeguard match, Sting versus Ming. We had all kinds of uh, Dungeon of Doom hijinks and then some pretty memorable event for 
many good reasons but also some some bad reasons as well so we're hoping to get that watch party done for you guys over on kicking out at two the following week after that we do a special retrospective called blue skies wrestling where we cover outdoor wrestling events and stadium shows we cover the, the the evolution of the concept some of the most memorable events in my memories growing up watching wrestling emanating from the outdoors uh the following week after that to end the month of july trading places returns as we cover SummerSlam 1991. Uh, more what-if scenarios. What if the match made in heaven ended a little bit differently? What if that wedding was interrupted a little bit earlier by a certain Jake the Snake and Undertaker? What if Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior were unable to defeat the Triangle of Terror? What if Mr. Perfect spoiled Bret Hart's homecoming uh, or a coming out party, I should say, as the Intercontinental Champion. What if the Mountie... I never came out. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go about. again, Brett. What if the Mountie didn't go to jail and it was the big boss man instead? What if Virgil never won the million-dollar title? We're, 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 that's, that... We're, <sighs> Trust me, you guys gonna. If you like the Trading Places series, you're gonna be interested to hear what I got to say when it comes to that concept. And that pretty much covers the entire month of July. You can find, you'll be able to find all those shows on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Um, you also find the the link over on our Twitter page. Our handle is at kicking out two over there. But more importantly, you'll be able to find those shows up at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. Search Retromania. You'll find all the back archives of kicking out at two and each week's show updated over on that channel so you could check it out over there and if you don't have Podbean, you should subscribe to it but if for some reason you can't or you just don't feel like it and you you might be familiar with soundcloud we're over on soundcloud.com as well so you can find kicking out at two over there um you can search for kicking out at two on google play and itunes and stitcher and spreaker and all of those podcast platforms when you search retromania and then you'll find all the kicking out of two stuff over there. So yeah. plenty of plenty Absolutely. of places to find kicking out of two, especially for the month of July. Gobi, I appreciate your understanding and um, your flexibility with um, my, uh, my 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 personal life and my schedule for the month of July. But um, I'll, I'll miss you. Oh yeah, and, I'm uh, not I'm no Vince fan. Yeah, take a <laughs> take a little leave of absence, and then I'll bury the fuck out of you, pal. <laughs> Um, no, absolutely. I, I I appreciate all that you have contributed to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network since you and I have joined together to create this network. Um, you are as much a member of it as I am as far as contributions go, as far as content. We have so many podcasts on this network. We have about 140 plus podcasts that you can listen to that's over 500 hours i think um yeah i mean even more than that i can't i i'm not doing all the math because i'm i'm not i'm not fucking scott steiner (laughs) and not fucking macho man either so uh yeah i'm not mixing them up but uh those guys would have probably done all the math and got a spreadsheet out for you but there's plenty of the content, like Dave had said, over on Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find all his back archive and catalog and everything that we have done, the origin of Attitude. Hulkamania is dead, which we're still working on, which we are going to continue to work on. Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Um, 
everything, the bonus episodes, which we have on Retromania. Um, you can all find that by searching Retromania with a W. That's W-R-E-T-R-O-M-A-N-I-A on any podcast app or any search engine. And you will find our podcast network. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, plenty of content there for you, like you said. And Dave, I can't wait for the month of July every Wednesday kicking out at two comes out correct yep that's right every single wednesday you'll find that show like i said um as i ran as i run down the whole schedule um i wanted to make sure i was able to give out as much uh content for not only kicking out at two but for the retromania pro wrestling podcast network with with our show so um i got i got all of month the entire month of july with the exception of the bash at the beach watch along uh, yeah. the 95 bash the beach watch along hoping hoping to get that done fairly soon uh before cool. before i got my grandmother breathing down my neck what the hell are you doing down there huh? what's up is it the bash at the beach or the what what what, what? You, you're recording a radio show you on the, the air? big van who you know, is, is miss elizabeth there my grandmother always oh, whenever i watched wrestling at her house she was always asking about miss elizabeth it's miss elizabeth yeah. there is miss Sounds elizabeth familiar. there I feel like my grandmother would do that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True story. Um all right. Well, you ready to get into the day of June twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two? Yes, sirree. Let's do it, man. Let's do that. Let's go to the um pop culture circle, if you will. Um last week I quizzed you on movies. Okay. And you guessed it right off the bat. It was so fucking good because you well, Bat. <laughs> Pun intended, Batman. Batman Returns was the movie that was released. Um, this week, I'm going to give you a little bit of a clue. Okay. June 26th, 1992. This is a crime movie. Um, you can guess at any moment. Okay. And I'll give you more um, options as okay. we go. All right. Um, um, it's a crime movie. Okay, keep 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 going. After a break in at their house, a couple gets help from one of the cops that answered their call. He helps them install a security system and begins dropping by on short notice and unofficial patrol, and spends a lot of time discussing the couple's problems with the wife. The husband begins. Wondering if they're getting too much help. Ooh, this is uh, this is a tricky one. Yeah. Um, is that it for clues? Uh, I can give you actors' names. Sure. You want that? Yeah. Give it, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Okay, David Duchovny, Ray Liotta. Ooh. David Duchovny and Ray Liotta. Um, shit, you got me, man. Unlawful entry, everybody. Okay. All right. Unlawful yeah, sleeper, entry. A sleeper movie. All right. Um, it was decent. Um, Ray Liotta. I mean, David Duchovny. Great actors, uh, especially for 90s time. Yes. And they both got sublined as far as like B actors during the 90s. And now they're like 
they're they're like in the hierarchy of like you know great actors you know yeah um yeah good good little film but a good little test there okay yeah, you got me good yeah because I, I i never saw that movie all right moving on with the billboard last week it was mariah carey with i'll be there do you think she we she leads this week again or do you think it's another artist I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Mariah takes it another week. She does. You're right. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. With I'll be there. Let's hear a little snippet as she goes along. Remember this one. This was a good one, right? Yes, this was a good one. And this was from like an MTV or VH1 Unplugged series as well, where it okay. got revamped. Because um, this is not an original song by Mariah Carey, as we know. Um, but uh, yeah, a great song that bridged the gap between soul and uh, pop culture and everything. Uh, like we spoke before, like we will speak throughout this episode. Um, African-American culture is becoming pop culture in America. Yep. It's, yeah, yep. it's, it's really, it's really, uh, taking a hold of, uh, the, 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 it's not a separate entity. It's now becoming part, like you said, of the pop culture. Yeah, absolutely. And especially during this time period too. We talked about it last week a little bit with, you know, the hip hop elements from, uh, you know, Caucasian, uh, artists, and, and, and music and how like it's not just you know an african-american person presenting hip-hop yet color me bad vanilla ice at one point you know it was just mm -hmm. kind of one of those things that was really um making a mark on pop culture yeah and um in every way we tried to transcend the race and tried to find a connection between these things and i think over this run we will see the connection of what Ron Simmons brings to the product. Yes, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's a great time that we're going to run through right here. You ready to mark out these days? Let's do it, man. Let's mark it out. Let's go to the first episode of WWF Superstars, June 27th, 1992. I don't know if these aired at 10, because during this episode, they talk about WB WBF Body Stars airing on USA at 10 a.m. So maybe this show aired at 11. I remember when I was younger, sometimes it aired at 12 yep. noon on yeah. Saturdays. It, it, I th I, if I remember correctly, I think they, they bounced around times. It wasn't exactly like one set time for, for, for a long period of time. I think they bounced around a few times. I even think sometimes Superstars was on the afternoon at like 1 or 2 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I agree. It was hard to catch it. Like, at, like I've spoke about before on prior episodes of Retromania. Like, it was hard to catch wrestling in the 90s. That's why it was so hard for me to, to like, become a avid fan. Yeah. I needed the consistency. Like, I couldn't catch on. And then all of a sudden, when WWF started piping out everything in 95, 96, I was like, oh, shit, I'm here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
All right, so we go to WWF Superstars, June 27th, 1992. From Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, Mr. Perfect tries to name uh, people that come from Hamilton. He says, uh, Alexander Hamilton? And Vince McMahon is like, no. And he's like, George Hamilton? He's like, no. This is pretty funny, though. Um, Because usually they don't do, like, dumb, smart comedy like that. You know? Yeah, they've, uh, I don't know. I I mean, you you thought it was funny. I thought it was was kind of stupid. I'll be perfectly honest with you. It was stupid, but, like, the reaction of Vince and, like, going through it, like, if they did that now smooth enough, it would be good. Like, yeah. R-Truth could do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's right up his alley. What I found interesting watching that was that Mr. Perfect's character was always very so cool, so calm and collected, and he always said and the right things. He always said the right things at the right time, but I felt like this made him look stupid. Like, maybe it, maybe it was their way of trying to show a different side of him, but this was like a Bobby Heenan spot. You know, like Bobby Heenan would do something Agreed. like this, and it and it could it could go over well. Like Mr. Perfect, I looked at him and I was like, "Really, you're that dumb?" You know, like I don't know. Maybe that. that's why I never took Perfect so serious, other other than the uh, Bret Hart feud, um, because of this commentary that I was introduced to as a child, because this was when I first become cognizant of all the wrestling going on and the commentary and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Perfect was one of the first that I heard with Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he doesn't do a bad job, but like you said, it, it's it's uncharacteristic of him yeah. to do this. Um, this week in action, we'll have Nails, LOD, the Texas... Texas Tornado, Kamala, and the Nasty Boys. And uh, first out for the first match, it's the British Bulldog, everybody. Uh, Yeah, he's smoking crack um, to go against Nick Danger. Wow. And Repo Man gets a picture-in-picture promo during this match. He says, you tried... To, oh no, I'm sorry. British Bulldog gets a picture-in-picture promo during this match, and he says, "Repo Man, you tried to hang me with your tow rope. Now it's time for you to go to the British Bulldogs' school of obedience." Okay, sweet. So he owns a like school of obedience. Just weird. <laughs> Huge running power slam. One, two, three. Bulldog goes over. All right. So we finally get the moving parts going. One crank forward for Repo Man and the British Bulldog. Yuck. A slow feud. Yeah, this one's just uh, over the course of uh, our time covering the, these shows. This one hasn't gotten a whole lot of traction. This one has just been kind of like, I feel like that when they've when they've wanted to cover it or when they've had that opportunity to cover it, it's been discussed very little. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, but at the same time, they also had wrestling challenge on too, and they also had primetime wrestling. So 
right, right. now and we're we, not seeing all those yeah exactly so we don't know from you know what kind of coverage that rivalry was getting on those other shows so like you said we're just covering superstars on saturday night so but i yeah, mean you're absolutely right i would imagine that it got a decent amount of time we then go to update with mean gene okerlin brought to you by ico pro 1-800-634-1010 call that number right now dave let's fucking get big dude this summer you and me Oh, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Call well, it right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll Here, call let's it. Stop the show. And, yeah. Uh, you okay. Call it and, I'll call uh, it right now. And then right. what I need you to do is I Everybody need you to hold on. Just wait a second for Dave to call them. So while I'm calling this number, I need yeah. you to get us a pair of them sweet sunglasses that Joey Janela wears. Okay. Okay, and Zumbas? Zubaz, yes. You need a pair of Zubaz and some fanny packs. I <sighs> prefer the fanny pack that looks like the old WWF championship belt. Oh, lovely. The Winged wing uh... Eagle. So if you okay, can find so... that, I'm sure some asshole on eBay is selling it for like $300 and it smells like his grandmother's crotch. Hey, but... hey folks, fans, we're going to need like $3,000 to yeah. follow through with this. Yeah, can you get us a GoFundMe? Yep. Yeah. We're going to start a Patreon page for Ico Pro. Um, You and I are going to find a batch out of there, and then we're going to try it out. And we're going to do, we're going to do at least a cycle, brother, dude. Um, Hanging and banging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If the fans want it. Yeah. If they want it that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll take a poll. We can take a poll on the, on the Retromania Facebook page. How about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then if we if we win the poll, we'll take a line. Um, all right, let's go to Off the of our recap. Ass yes, yeah. we go to a recap of Tatanka at a straight up park. He's like at a park, and they're like Tatanka visiting his native land. It's like renovative like parks. Like I don't know. Anyhow, looks very lame. He's he yells to the skies, <laughs> and he meets with some young fans, and he's cutting a promo about uh, coming after Rick the Model Martel, who stole his feather. We remember that from the start of this show. Buffalo correct? breath. Yes, yes. Um, and he's like the most important part, though. Of my lesson here is uh, make sure you kids stay in school and stay away from the hard stuff like drugs and uh, alcohol and uh, do all the right things and obey uh, obey your elders. Okay, sweet. Obey. Uh, yeah, make sure you remember your bloodlines too and where you came from. Remember, you're Native American. And then they flash to the kids and maybe one of them is Native American. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> to talk, everybody. <laughs> yeah. We go to a commercial and come back and some little kid is eating the Undertaker Superstars ice cream bars. Sweet. Oh, every week I see these damn things. I'm like, they need to bring this shit back, man. My goodness. I, know, right? I, I, as I, I, th- I taste as I it in my about, mouth right now. Exactly. I t- exactly. When I think about it, I taste my childhood right there. 
Like, what the fuck? What the? Spend spend yeah. all kinds of money on fucking stupid shit nowadays. Like, like hiring people that you know kicked your ass for god knows how long for 83 weeks you know spend all this kind of money there in that route but don't give us no fucking ice cream bars you know yeah no 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 let's just uh vince yeah. says that kid looks like to be the only one who can uh lick the undertaker huh what the fuck do you mean <laughs> the fuck do you mean vince okay anyhow we have rick johnson and chico martinez what a combination of names. They're already in the ring. Uh, they're ready to go against Jimmy Hart's nasty boys, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uncle uh, Nobs. Uncle Nobs and Uncle Sags. Yeah, they bum-rushed the opponents, Rick Johnson and Chico Martinez. Nobs shoves Rick Johnson's face into Sags' armpit. Sweet. Uh, then we City. get a picture... Yeah, then we get a picture-in-picture promo of high energy <laughs> and high energy. Owen says the same promo as last week. We're going to blast off on you nasty boys. And, uh, you know, uh, Coco hits his high energy um, nat or what is, it's not Neil Armstrong. What's his name? No, Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. I'm sorry. Louis. Okay. He hits his Louis Armstrong high energy bit, um, which I am just finding out this is a thing. And you can see Owen is like getting kind of annoyed because he does the high energy. <laughs> and then Owen starts the promo and starts to finish it as he's still saying it. Um, yeah. Anyhow. And Mr. Perfect, like, seals the deal by saying, shut up, will you? <laughs> because My he's tired goodness. of hearing the high energy. Yeah. Uh, we get a body slam from Nobs to Chico Martinez. And then off the top rope with an elbow comes Jerry Sags. One, two, three. The Nasty Boys win. Nasty Boys go over. Sweet. <laughs> is it, wait, hold on a second. What was that? Was that was that, their little theme. Oh, that was their theme music. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just. <laughs> no, I was just curious what it was. That's all. I was trying to. Figure, I had a feeling it was the music, but I just needed confirmation. That's all. <laughs> that that was pretty cool. Then that we was... head to the event center <laughs> with Shad Moody, and he tosses to Chico Santana, El Matador. And El Matador has the same promo that he's had for the last fucking two months we've been doing this show. Shawn Michaels, I'm coming for you. The model Rick Martell, uh, uh, who goes around with a pump. What type of pump? Um, he's training, and he's he's been helped with all his training, his bull training, that is, Tito Santana. And he guarantees he's going to go over. We'll see. Thanks, Tito. Uh, then the repo man says, it's summertime <laughs> and I can't stand the summer because it's too light out at night and bulldog. I got you one time. I'm going to get you again. You don't know when it's choke chain going to be attached to you. <laughs> yeah. He's a creep. All right. Thanks to the repo man. 
we go to a commercial and we come back to Miami Beach, Florida, says Vince McMahon. It's Razor Ramon. Take a look at Razor Ramon. I'm living the good life, man. Me? I know how to relax, Chico. I'm living like a king. And then all of a sudden, some broad comes up and says, Hey, I called you, and you never called me back. And he says, <laughs> And she goes, I thought we had something going. He goes, No, Chica, you don't understand. You had something. You had a good time. I'm through with you. Get out of here. I'm through with you. Adios. Man, <laughs> Chicas, they for fun. I'm probably scar her heart for life. Oh, that was my favorite line. That's too bad. I come to the WWF not for fun. You step into the ring with Razor Ramon, it's strictly business, Chico. I'm not going to scar your heart. I'm going to scar your soul. I'm Razor Ramon, El Jefe. (laughs) Wow. I fucking love it, dude. Oh, I fucking yeah, love original Razor Ramon. Great stuff, man. Yeah. I like it, the sniffing, the lines, the just, he is not him. You know, it's like, it's this, it's this, you see the seeds of Vince McMahon yep. right here. It's not even Scott Hall at all. No. You know? No, it was, it was, it was very well done. Yeah, it was very well done. Uh, then we go to Glenn Ruth out to face Virgil. We know who Glenn Ruth is, right? Head banger thrasher. Okay, yeah. Virgil is the perfect example of a drug-free wrestler in WWF. Yes, he is. Well, hold on a second. Let's let's clarify this. Drug-free as he's taking drugs or drug-free as he's selling drugs? Oh, man, the drugs is free, and I love to rumble in his drunk. Uh, he's living if the good life. I take too many free drugs, I feel like I was rumbling in the jungle. Exactly. And <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe I got to stop sniffing that Ico Pro off Brian Knobs' butt cheek, and then I won't feel like I was rumbling in the jungle with Ruthie Glenn, baby Ruth. Man, you got to want it, man. Yes. Uh, Shango. Uh, ben says or Mr. Perfect says he's living the good life, unlike Razor Ramon. Uh, Mr. Perfect says, no, I disagree, Uh, which means, no, we like drugs. Um, Yeah. Virgil then, uh, or Glenn Ruth, if you will, uh, he he kills Glenn with a back body suplex where Glenn lands on his neck and head. This looks deadly. Um, Whatever, Vince says, Virgil really turned on. My goodness, Virgil ready to SummerSlam? Who knows? Okay, yeah, I don't know. Virgil wins with a side Russian leg sweep, though. We go on through this episode, and uh, we get the Bushwhackers on a Coliseum home video classics, the Battle of the WWF Superstars of 1992. Available now on VHS. I'm sure that's... Yeah, we get the Bushwhackers in an exercise class. So if any of you out there that thought about getting a gym membership and you watch this video, you might be changing your mind when it's all said and done. 
Yes. Uh, then we go to Sean Mooney in the event center where he runs down that tape that you just talked about. Um, he then cuts to the natural disasters who that's earthquake and typhoon. They're cutting a promo coming for the tag team titles who money and ink have those tag team titles. It's money ink. I keep saying money and ink. Damn it. I've said that so many times. It's all good. It just flows. It flows. Yeah. Money, you know, but you know what though? It's our show. So we do everyone. So it's money, money and, ink. and ink. That's money Vince's and thing. Ink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're coming for, for the honor, for the blood, sweat and tears and for the drywall dust. <laughs> uh, that's, I'm sorry. That's, uh, that's Typhoon. Yeah. That's a year later. Uh, then we cut to Papa Shango. How many people want to feel the power? Yeah. Wow. See, the ultimate warrior, my power is not over. And there's much more to come. Sweet. All right. So we're building up that feud between Papa Shango and ultimate warrior going on. Then we have the berserker, John Nord, coming out to face Bruce Mitchell from Baltimore, Maryland. All right, hometown guy. Sweet, sweet. Uh, Berserker cuts a promo on The Undertaker in a picture-in-picture promo. You come for me. Huss, huss, huss. I'm going to take your head off. Huss, huss. Yeah, sweet. Berserker ties up Bruce in the ropes, slams him hard, knee to the throat of Bruce from the Berserker. Huge leg drop, then a big slam and throws him over the top rope and wins by count out. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I think that's a genius finish. Yeah. Fucking Pat Patterson couldn't think of that one. Uh, then we go to this, this epic little bit here. It's the LOD with Paul Ellering to home. It's a burnt-out cockroach infested slums in Chicago. Um, this is where we grew up, where you were from, where we came back to the memories. I remember this back room. You can't even get to it back now. And then all of a sudden, Paul Ellering digs up and picks up this doll, and L.O.D. and Paul discuss... The history of this doll. Hawk says, Paul, you weren't there. Like, canceling him out. <laughs> you're, you're here now, but you weren't there then. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Animal saves it by saying, we've been knowing this guy since we were kids. And uh, he's the little legion of doomers. And it's their version of my buddy, everybody. Paul Ellering then says, he taught you. How to be a team. He taught you how to come together. And then the LOD say, yeah. And you know what I'm uh, I'm thinking? It's this little dog. It's fucking Rocco. Yuck. And Paul says, I love him. Let's, let's, let's clean him up and bring him to the ring. You yeah. didn't like Rocco? I don't think so as a kid. I really didn't. I don't remember loving or hating him, but I know you know wrestling history isn't too kind to the that part of the Legion of Doom's career. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Now looking back on it, it's just me personally. I mean, think about it. You had um, all different wrestlers with mascots and, and animals and, 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 and things of that nature. Um, you had two guys coming out with, you know, reverse mohawks, face paint, and shoulder pads with spikes. And But you, you say that the, the, the ventriloquist dummy waters them down. Well, they're not exactly realistic characters before the fucking dummy. You know what I mean? True, but it's like taking, like, fucking, like, I don't know. It's like when He-Man teamed up with that fat cat. I don't know. I just didn't like when heroes or badasses took the comedic or silly route. I, I like you, I like I'm my wrestler serious on some guys. Like there's some guys out there I feel like don't the need LOD to go the comedic are, route. Absolutely. I'm going to have to wholeheartedly disagree with you. The LRD are absolutely guys who should always be kept serious. And they should have always been. I think for the most part, yeah, I, I can agree. I can I I can't argue that point there with you, my friend. But however, my in my opinion, I feel like for them, they are so over and so badass that a little comedy isn't going yeah. to hurt their image. No, I, I I can I can see that point. Like Goosebumps is maybe becoming popular too. Oh, that's right. Those fucking books. I remember those, man. With, I used to fucking go uh, crazy. Night of for those. the Dummies. Night of the Living yeah. Dummies. Oh, yeah, um, man. I used to read that shit all the time. Holy a cow. Evil Ventriloquist all and Stephen King, like stuff like that. Um, I can see that being tied into this because, um, I mean, at the time, I loved like Hellraiser, uh, Night of the Living Dead, like weird. Like my, my parents didn't care. I could watch whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Not that they didn't care. I was just unsupervised as a child. Um, so I saw plenty of these movies, but I tied those in with LOD and like face paint, like wrestlers, like yeah. that harder edge, Papa Shango as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the spookiness. So I can see where you're, where you're saying that, but now looking back at the, at it now for my sake, wrestling sake, it was totally unnecessary. I can respect that. I can respect that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Like I gave. I, yeah, I told we you how can't, I felt. Yeah, we can go disagree. all episode battling yeah. back and forth. But um, yeah, you you have yours, and I have my opinion. That's what we do on the show. Yeah, and we and, and we don't go on social media trashing each other either because we have different opinions. Unlike most Just people out there. Just you wait and see. Dude. Oh really? Oh here we go. All right. <laughs> wait till my sabbatical comes. Yeah, when the cat's away, the fucking mice is gonna play. Yeah, him and all his other fucking new co-hosts out there are gonna be trashing me left and right. I'm gonna get DMs from a bunch of fucking strangers. I don't even know who these fucking people are, telling me, "Oh, you never gonna believe what this fucking guy said about you this oh, week." Yeah. God. I said your Pat Patterson impression sucks dick, <laughs> just like Pat. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, well, let's move on with this episode. Texas Tornado, he comes up to go against J.A. Gordon. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Texas Tornado flashes up on the screen. And he's going to be featured soon. J.A. Gordon is out to face Nails. Wait a minute. 
Vince signed this guy full time. He just beat down a fucking like wrestler, like brutally, the big boss yes. man weeks ago. Oh yes, yeah. Like I hate crime, brutal. Vince's like, ah, I like that. It'd be better if Big Boss Man was maybe, uh, I don't know, minority. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, uh, Nails wins with a blatant... I got Rodney King's phone yeah. number? Yeah, right? Like, I'm serious. Like, he's tying into all these, these uh, like, key pinpoints in uh, pop culture. Um, Nails wins with a blatant chokehold, then beats the guy, J.A. Gordon, down, and refs come out. And uh, Nails runs them off. And then fans chant, boss man, boss man, boss man. That's an organic chant. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Nails beats down J.A. Gordon. And then they bring a stretcher out. And Vince says Nails should go back to where he came from. Um, And then they show a terrible replay of this sloppy bit and yeah that's that then yeah. Vince says you don't want to miss the WBF special pay-per-view for two years in a row WBF champion Gary Stridham has reigned yeah okay maybe we'll cover that for a bonus if anybody wants to hear that now, yeah, we'll take a poll. Either we do we do a recap, or we do or we do a watch along. Yes, we should. Yeah. Um, next up on the card for WWF superstars, Dwayne the Gill, to go against the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Um, and Vince says, Kerry has the yellow jean jacket, the yellow rose jean jacket. Ah. Oh. It's terrible. He lost his brothers. You know what that signifies, right? The yellow rose, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. When David when da- when David died, they he had the yellow rose when he came out to to wrestle Flair for the NWA title in Texas Stadium. Yeah, yeah. David so used they to men- come out with a yellow rose. Yeah, the whole night. They mention yeah. it. Yeah, they mention it subtly here on WWF commentary. Kerry Von Erich, the Texas Tornado, wins with a dix, dix, dixis, Jesus Christ, a discus. What do you got in your mind there, buddy? Uh, his he goddamn, gave him the dicks uh, clothesline. He gave him the dicks punch. His amputated dick or foot. It, Shit. The, 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 the carries, carries, carries Von Erich. He punched, he punched him in the dicks. He gave him the dicks clothesline. Yeah. The right there, right there. Kerry you know? does a discus right hand punch out of nowhere. And Vince says he could be a boxing champion, let alone a WWF champion. Pick one, Vince. Pick yeah. one, you motherfucker. Um, WBF, boxing, wrestling. Come on, man. Football. Hmm. Mr. Perfect and Vince McMahon bring up Cameo. Steroid distribution. Yeah, well... Cameo. She had a cameo in distributing steroids on WBF. Yeah, and, and blowjobs, too. Yes. Mr. Perfect thinks that she has the hots for him. Uh, then we go to Howard Fingal uh, giving the mic to Harvey Whippleman. Ugh. And from the Rafe 
from the racist parts of Vince's mind. The mighty Kamala. Um, and from New York City, it's John Blade. Wow. Cool. Mr. Perfect and Vince talk about Tarzan and Kamala would make a terrible... But Vince says, uh, Tim Turner, Ted Turner. Is he a black lion this week? Yeah. Tarzan would make a good Kamala, but Vince says, Ted Turner, he'd make a great kimchi. What does that mean? Yeah, I don't get that one. Yeah. Kamala hardly does anything and wins the match. He chokes, kicks, chokes, splashes. Ugh, sounds like a good night. Now, um, if, if I remember correctly, I think Whippleman's introduction went a little something like this. From the seventh page of Vince's stereotypical racist joke book that he uses for all his other gimmicks. Slapping his belly like it just ate some fried chicken. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> spitting out the seeds. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Spit out the seats. Choke, kick, choke, and splash. So and I trouble. wish Kamala was a woman so she could do that to me and not know how to turn me over for the one, two, three. There you <laughs> go. Rub the moves. Anyhow, Kamala versus Tatanka could be something could coming up. Could be a up. match I could really not give a shit about. I know, right? Then we go to Sean Mooney in the event center. He tosses Shawn Michaels' salad. I'm sorry. He tosses to Shawn Michaels and Sherry. And Shawn Michaels says, baby face. You got a little baby face. (laughs) He sings terribly. Anyhow, I'm sure that was all Vince telling him. You got it, pal. Because they're like the same like voice. But, you know, once... One's the big dog, one's the little dog. Like I told you before, Shawn Michaels is the little scrappy dog. He's like the chihuahua. Yes, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, And he says, there's a lot of you that would love to get Shawn Michaels a shot. And there's a lot of you that are simply not better than me. Because I'm better than everybody. Okay. Uh, Then we go to... Sergeant Slaughter, and he says, people around the world say, they come up to him and say, USA, number one. You're number one, Sergeant Slaughter. That'd be pretty annoying. Anyhow, uh, and they're like, you're back, because you were a turncoat, and you were with Saddam Hussein recently. Anyhow, (laughs) uh, Sergeant Slaughter says, but I'm on the lookout for that big dildo. I mean, that electrocution machine. And I'm not afraid of the Mounties' little machine. Wah, wah, wah. Sounds like a good film, right? Sergeant uh, Slaughter versus the Mountie. With me heart, baby. And Dilly. Can't and forget Dilly. about Dilly. Yeah. The electrocution machine, as Sergeant Slaughter called it. A.K.A. <laughs> probably a Sibian. All right. Uh, back from a commercial and we have a kid in a Hulk Hogan sweater that's all zoomed in on like Vince is like get all that Hulk Hogan's still here god damn it uh, next week we're gonna have Crush Repo Man Papa Shango Big Boss Man and the Intercontinental Champion Brett the Hitman Hart 
uh, on next week's episode of WWF Superstars. And that was that week's episode of WWF Superstars. Moving on with WCW Saturday night, June 27th, 1992. Dave, what did you think of WWF Superstars? I thought it wasn't bad, but I didn't think it was great either. Um, we, we, we tend to have the same. It's like a rotisserie chicken here. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, I'm. I. You know what? Maybe, I mean, maybe, I. I enjoyed it because it's short. We'll get into that because. Yeah. 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 No, I, I. I'm. I'm there with you, but I feel like. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe as maybe as a younger fan, it didn't matter to me, and you know, as long as I just watched wrestling, and it was on, like I didn't care. But at the same, by the same token, um, part of me feels like some of these stories needed some kind of payoff, and I felt like maybe we were, we're getting them on prime. Yeah, like here, it was a lot of treading water, um, yeah. you know. But it wasn't terrible, you know. Um, no, it wasn't, and it's short and sweet, like WCW Saturday Night. We'll get into it as we go along this episode. This is a nice episode, and I'm going to spoiler alert. I picked this episode over WWF Superstars, much well, we like we well do. Just, yeah, much like we, well we do every the week. Because right? I'm going with this one as well. Exactly, much like we do every week. It's because the quality of wrestling matches. So let's run it down. And let's talk about these quality of wrestling matches. Because, I mean, WWF Superstars just gives us, like, I don't know, enhancement matches that are three minutes long and then a bunch of promos. And you could at least switch it up, like what we get with Saturday Night. Um, And even Saturday Night could take a note from Superstars and uh, uh, wheel it back a little bit. But I know they have a lot of programming going on at this time, like we've talked about, for both uh, promotions. I'm sorry. What was that? I, my, I, you're fading in and out. I'm, I'm sorry. We we have a lot of uh, programming going on on network television for both promotions at this time, don't we? Oh yeah. I mean, th- I'll say this. So you um, can't necessarily keep up with the product, but you can. But I think WCW does a better way of uh, giving you, I don't know, you want more of it. You do, but you don't. And yeah. I You're mean, right. You had, all right, let's just, you know, judging by what we've been recapping, okay? Um, you know, last week was the June 20th episode, and it led into the Beach Blast pay-per-view. Um, following Beach Blast, you had the main event the next day on Sunday, which was probably a pre-taped show. That Monday, you had a live class of champions. Yeah. Throughout this whole process, getting to Beach Blast, you're promoting Beach Blast, you're promoting the NWA Tag Tournament that starts at the Clash, and then you're also promoting it continuing at the Great American Bash, okay? You have one, two, three, four shows in a three- or four-day span. Jesus. Okay, of wrestling. A lot. And what I noticed about this episode is there was not one bit of recap about Beach Blast. 
on this episode. Uh, the very it, beginning, but that was it. Um, are you sure about that? Ricky Steamboat and Polly Dangerously were Cactus Jack attacked Ricky Steamboat at the very Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. My apologies. For, My mistake. For two minutes, dude. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. Everything I'm else. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. I appreciate No, no. By all means, I appreciate you uh, backing me up here because I didn't, you know, I, I, I thought I didn't see. I must have missed it. But anyhow, long story short, he, they really kind of glossed over Beach Blast. They covered the clash and then they hyped up Great American Bash. And it was like there was so much going on that, I mean, you had to keep up. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, if you missed Beach Blast, they didn't really make you care about missing Beach Blast because they already had two and three shows to cover and hype up following that. So, True, but they they kind of made it like solidified as like they said like uh, Ricky Steamboat and Rick Rude had one of the greatest matches of all time, you know, like they yeah. they hyped it in the way of like you need to see this, folks. They did, but they didn't. I felt like it kind of lacked. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know. I, I agree, and it 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 came off as a B pay per view, and yes. um. And to this day, like I like that, like I like that Iron Man match. But as we said, thirty minutes as an Iron Man match doesn't do it for me. I need the hour. Um, um and we, you yeah. talked about this too. You didn't like the Iron Man match between Brett and Sean, but then years later you watched it and you actually appreciated. What if you yes. got that between Steamboat and Rick at this time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, very much so. Imagine. <laughs> um, let's get into this episode. We start out with Paul E. Heyman, Paul E. Dangerously, if you will. Uh, he's bitching out Ricky Steamboat. This is the callback that I said from Beach Blast 1992 after the match that Ricky Steamboat had with Rick Rude. Uh, Paul says, you received your last title shot ever. And, uh, Cool. Then he can go for the world title, right? Yeah, no. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, Cactus Jack comes out and attacks Ricky Steamboat, and they go to a commercial, and we get the intro of the show Saturday night, WCW Saturday night, and oh my doot doot doot, it's <laughs> Michael P.S. Hayes. He's here with Jim Ross, everybody. And uh, they say that so many things are going on in WCW, Michael PSA says the Steiners and Terry Gordy and Dr. Death, Steve Williams, that was a train wreck. And, uh, okay. Yeah, maybe it was. And that was from clash of the champions for the NWA tag team tournament. And as well as Larry Zabisco wanting to get revenge on Bobby Eaton because Larry Zabisco was kicked out of the dangerous Alliance recently. The DA. Yes. Uh, we go to our first match. The CEO of the DA is Paul E. Dangerously out with stunning Steve Austin from Hollywood, California. And boy, how the times have changed. I mean, Steve Austin originally from Texas. But now when he does his podcast, he's from Hollywood, California. And he used to be Stunning Steve. 
And when he was Stone Cold Steve Austin, he was from Victoria, Texas. You know? Yes. Mixing that is it up. correct. Yeah. He mixes um, it up now. God yeah. damn, I'm down here on Gimmick Street. Uh, I can't Los tell if it's Ange- Texas Lo- or Los Angeles. Los and I hate Angeles. the traffic. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm not a big fan of Steve Austin's podcast, but you have to listen. It's one of his earlier episodes where he just talks about random stuff with the Kevin fly. Nash. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. And they fucking talk about toilet paper. It was one of the most fascinating conversations and hilarious all at once. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, opponent from Baltimore, Maryland is uh, jumping Joey Mags. Ah, he's a local, local, local legend around here. Austin taunts Joey Mags, though, by saying, You don't do that to me! And swiping his pointer finger with his other finger. You know, like, how to, like, nix people and scold them? Yes. 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 So, uh, I came up with this name. It's Stone Scold Steve Austin. And instead of giving people the finger, he goes, you don't do that to me. And he swipes his finger with his other finger. That's awesome. He's very polite. That's what Vince McMahon would have done if we've stayed PG with our society. That is awesome. Stone, right? stone, scold. Scold, Steve Austin. Scold, and I the, like the it. the hand symbol Not to be confused hand. with skull, like the dip. <laughs> yes, which he probably did. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, Who Stone Cold, you don't do that to me. And that's the bottom line because you don't do that to me, ever. And then he swipes his finger. <laughs> God. And then he puts his hand on his hip and walks away. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, sassy Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everybody. God damn, Russo, you're giving Russo a run for his money with <laughs> bro, all the booking you're bro, doing. Bro, I know. <laughs> uh, then we go to Jim Ross, everybody, and Michael P.S. Hayes. Michael says, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams, they got their butt kicks. And uh, when he says they got their butt kicks, butt gets bleeped. Like what? Butt How gets licked? Bleep, bleeped. Leaked? bleeped on the program like like oh, censored oh yes you, you know what thank you for reminding me my goodness I'm, he says my hearing, they got their butt kicked shook. and it yeah, goes they, they got it their beep kicked yeah it's like wait I know. that's pretty he silly clearly said butt he clearly yeah. said butt i saw his lips oh yeah so did i uh we go to gordy and williams and they recap the car wreck that happened with the puerto ricans quote-unquote uh, during this tag team match, and Bill Watts—the way you just said that—I know because well, because Bill Watts comes in and he's like, "Well, you know, uh, if 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 these guys want to go at it, they can. Fuck what happened to the Puerto Ricans. Fuck them. I ain't worried about them Puerto Ricans. Exactly." Pretty much yeah. is what he says. But we're going to let them hook them up. So, yeah, we're going to let them cook, hook them up and cook them up. Crack. Sorry. Um, so, yeah. the You've been taking that Ico Pro? Jesus. That they have at this time. I know Gordy and Williams especially. And Scotty. Um, so, we go to, like, the, 
the crowd is like, yes, we really fucking want this. This is the recap from Clash of the Champions on Monday. And then we jumpstart the NWA Tag Team Tournament and we flash to the match. It's some sloppy stuff from uh, from Steve Williams and Scott Steiner. They're trying to have some chemistry with some chain wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of messy. And then the ref has no control. And then Rick oh, God, Steiner no. comes in. And uh, Scott Steiner goes for a gorilla press from Williams. Uh, Rick Steiner is in the ring. And the ref gets distracted. Scott goes for a belly-to-belly or an overhead suplex. I don't know what the fuck dangerous move he's trying to do to uh, Steve Williams, but Terry Gordy comes into the ring and chop blocks Scott Steiner. Steve Williams falls on on top of Scott Steiner, and the referee finally sees it. One, two, three, they win. The fans are shitting all over this. But it, it, it leads on to a Hoss versus Hoss tag team match i mean on paper it looks good but the match nah. yeah you know what it's, uh, i'm glad you brought it up because physically i suspect a banger from these two teams same like you know these two teams just you know knocking it out very similar to the the the, the steiners match against uh fujinami and um was it hase from yes. wrestle war Yes. All right. Hiroshi that was that was a physical match. So I was kind of expecting the same thing with Gordy and and and, and my bar Doc, but um, yeah, we didn't get that. It was it was very slow paced and at times sloppy, and the referee had no control. And um, yeah, it was just it, it it didn't it didn't work well. I will say though, if you go back and you watch their bash at the beach match from the pay per view. That wasn't a bad match. So maybe because they were just two days removed from the match they had at the pay-per-view, and then to go ahead and they, I, I believe they both wrestled, both teams wrestled earlier in the evening at yeah. the Clash, if I'm You're not mistaken, about right? oversaturation of wrestling like we talked about earlier. WCW well, just, and NWA is just, blah. It's well, too just much. Not, not only that, but just from a performer standpoint, physically, yeah. like, yeah, they're world-class athletes. They kind of are trained to be in situations like this. But when, you know, at some point, you know, your your body can only take so much in a short span of time. We're talking yeah. three days, and they've already wrestled fucking one, two, three, maybe even four matches. And that's performance overall. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe these guys are just burned out. And it just didn't, you know, didn't, didn't work on this particular night. Could be right. Um... Jim Ross and Michael P.S. Hayes say a rematch contract has been signed for the Steiners against Terry Gordy and Steve Dr. Death Williams. Sweet. My boy, Doc. Yep. Uh, We go to commercial and back, and it's Larry Zbysko going to be up in action soon, and we get a recap of four weeks ago. Damn. Uh, Larry Zbysko... And the Dangerous Alliance and Stunning Steve Austin imploding. Um, We get a recap of the match between Larry Zbysko and Stunning Steve Austin where Bobby Eaton runs off the top rope and nails a knee to the head of Larry Zbysko getting involved. 
Uh, then we get Larry Zabisco coming out for a match. I like his music here. Um, yeah. I think that's um, still authentic, too, because it doesn't what, sound the, like it's dubbed over. Yeah, it's, it, no, it did sound like Turner music. There's some, there's some, uh, you can, you can tell some of the stuff that they have is still, uh, you know, Turner stuff that they were allowed to use. But yeah, um, the recap and then, uh, the uh, the 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 match with um, the, the Avenger, Avenger. who has a oh, pink mask. Yeah, Ugh. Larry Ugh. wins with a brain buster. I'm a fan of Larry Zabisco right now. Uh, Larry has this excellent, excellent fucking promo with Jim yeah. Ross, and he says he's very articulate. Nobody calls me trash. Larry is the man, um, and he's gonna come for Bobby Eaton, and the end result, he says will be Paulie Dangerously. And he's going to punch Bobby Eaton's face so bad that everybody will think he's Paulie Dangerously's twin. <laughs> uh, he's coming for the DA, and the fans are chanting, Larry, Larry, and that's organic, man. Um, yeah, no, that didn't sound dubbed over at all. This is great stuff and a great promo from Larry Zabisco in 1990. Three. I fucking love it. Yeah, I'm like a fan. Was, I'm I, I was overwhelmed by this. I was like, wow. Really? Yes. Yeah, I was. No, it was good. He's he's very articulate. He could talk. Um I want him to go against talkers. them. Now. I'm invested yeah. in this story. Well, because they, they did such a good job of making you feel sorry for him, you know, mm-hmm. like all mm-hmm. all the weeks of buildup and, and all the mistakes that Zabisco had made, the way that the Dangerous Alliance treated him as as time went on, it made you, you had no choice but to feel sorry for him. And, and, and then he got his revenge and now he's still on the path to wiping them all out and the people are behind him. Yeah, no, it's 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 not. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you're into this storyline whatsoever because it's it's it, it's it's easy to get into. And we'll see where it goes, though. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, wrestling fans. The All-American <laughs> Ron Simmons comes out to face his opponent, Bob Cook. Ugh. Uh, Ron Simmons wins with a huge sidewalk slam and he's on a roll and he's one of the hottest properties of WCW. I mean like like properties like like slave trade. Bill Watt. Jesus. I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry. Uh, we go to Eric Bischoff for the WCW magazine. Let me see what the fucking magazine looks like. Come on. We're pimping the great American bash. And he tosses to Sting and Vader from a couple weeks ago. Sting runs into the ring as Vader is challenging him. They collide with chops and blocks and blows back and forth. And Sting comes off the top turn buckle with a drop kick. And then he runs Vader off. Sting then has a promo about having a world title match against Big Ben Vader at the Great American Bash. Uh, and he's ready for it now. He got his ribs broken before, but now he's ready. And then we run down the card of the Great American Bash. A lot of uh, NWA tag team title matches uh, for the tournament 
going on, if you will, and then the uh, match between Big Van Vader and Sting. It's live on pay-per-view, folks, Sunday, July 12th. Wow. Yeah, um, I thought the segment was... I thought it was well done. The, the, the Vader-Sting confrontation with the officials getting involved and, um, you know... From yes. what we've been, from what we've been told in our recaps, um, Vader has gotten the best of Sting time and time again, and it was nice to see that Vader had a little bit of vulnerability. But did and you see the clear highlight though? Uh, Sting gets the best of Vader by doing a missile drop kick off the top rope. Do you yep. know who is in charge right now? Bill Watts. And what's his new rule that he's going to innovate and implement on this episode? No, no uh, maneuvers off the top rope. But that's during sanctioned matches. This was a confrontation. I understand. But that just implements like Sting can lose because he had to use the top rope to thwart off uh, Vader. Well, that's interesting that you kind of caught on to that because that would have been nice to use in the, you know, following that highlight clip from Jr. and Michael Hayes. Yeah, I know. Was, like that, to give you more a... insight into it, but I just read yeah. into it because I, I fucking have watched this shit for years, but now I'm like, I'm seeing into the booking, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like, that's a good little play on it, though. I, I absolutely love that. Uh, Sting takes Vader out by doing a top rope maneuver. And later in this episode, we'll see that top rope maneuvers are outlawed in WCW. Yeah. Uh, just great foreshadowing. Um, great American Bash coming up, everybody. We go to commercial and back with Harley Race and the Super Invader going against... Chris Sullivan. Chris Sullivan, the fucking goof, I like to say. Because he just... <laughs> Chris he, Sullivan, the fucking goof. When he took that that corner turnbuckle, he crossed his eyes and like did like the, the Fosbury or the flare flop on his back. It was just... Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah, Super Invader goof, wins yeah. with a huge powerbomb. And Michael Hayes says... Ron Simmons, if you get hit with that, it's over for you. Hmm. You know what else I found interesting about this was they were really foreshadowing Simmons' involvement or his upcoming showdown yeah. with Vader, and Vader hadn't even won the fucking belt yet. And yeah, we to go Michael to Hayes, But to Michael Hayes' credit, Michael Hayes had said, you know, well, if Sting comes out the victor, that would be an interesting match between Sting and Ron Simmons. I love Simmons. that, too. And they didn't even, like, try to pair up Sting and Simmons either on tag team runs. They said Sting was teaming with somebody else to try to go against Super Invader and uh, Big Van Vader. Mm -hmm. And we go to a promo after the match with Jim Ross and Harley Race is there with the Super Invader, and they're threatening Ron Simmons with the Super Invader uh, by his side and flexing his muscles. And the Super Invader used to be Hercules Hernandez, as we know. Huh. Yes. And, and they threaten Sting, 
And then they walk away. And about two seconds later, Jim Ross says, Ron Simmons, come out here. And he comes right on out. So <laughs> I like that. Uh, it, it's a little hokey, but I, I like it. Um, he just comes right out there. And Ron Simmons has this great promo. Jim Ross, let me tell you something. I have come out here week after week and heard people mention Ron Simmons' name. But Ron Simmons ain't hard to find. And he said that he's a real man. Well, what do you think I am, made by Mattel? Let me tell you one thing. If you want Ron Simmons, all you got to do is step out here right now. If you want me so bad, and show the people what kind of man you are. fucking loved it man i got chills um i absolutely loved it and he's like um anybody who wants to face me come on out wow great stuff we go to a commercial then we come out to the tailor-made man who we talked about last time it's terry taylor who he's a ripoff of the million dollar man which the million dollar man was originally Ted DiBiase as the tailor-made man in Mid-South. So, hmm. yeah. An inception of an inception gimmick. Um, Interesting. Ron Simmons comes out on commentary for this match uh, against T Terry Taylor and Dustin Rhodes. And Ron Simmons is putting over Dustin Rhodes the whole time. Terry Taylor has a huge scar on his stomach. I never noticed this before. Did you? No, I didn't. I, I did not see this. Yeah, I like. I must have happened like in between the Red Rooster, or or this, or maybe it was just like his skin folding over. But it looked like a huge scar from like his pelvic area up to his belly button. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I, I don't know, but uh. Just in stuff that I see in the ring. Anyhow. On the next episode yeah. of Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, Kobe's going to play out. Operation yeah. with Terry, Terry Taylor, Taylor, the tailor-made man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, and then, damn, out of nowhere, Dustin wins with this bulldog. I love it when the fucking bulldog comes out of nowhere. We talked about it weeks past. Yep. Um, this is Good like stuff. the greatest move when it comes out of nowhere. Kofi Kingston should be using this, I think. I talked about that. Anyhow, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine comes out of nowhere and hammers his knee onto the back of the head of Dustin Rhodes. Terry Taylor beats down Dustin with Greg the Hammer Valentine. And then all of a sudden, damn, Ron Simmons comes out of nowhere. And, that ain't right, man. Yeah. And, uh... He clears house with Dustin and helps him uh, 
you know, clear the ring. Then we yeah, go. It was good. It was, I thought it was a good match, and I thought the the post match, the crowd was really hot for it, um, and we're starting to see some different directions some of the top stars at this time are taking like we talked about um sting moving on to vader and steamboat moving on to cactus jack now dustin is moving on to you know whatever he's going to do with terry taylor and greg valentine so no we're We're getting moving parts in this wcw storyline and as well as this being a long episode we're getting a lot of stuff going you know yes absolutely um, we go to Greg the Hammer Valentine to go against Mike Graham. This is that match that uh, kept you up all night, huh? Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. My goodness. I was like, well, first of all, <laughs> why the fuck are they putting Valentine out after he just did a run? I know. Second and Terry of all, Taylor on who commentary. thought it was a good idea to give, yeah, with Terry Taylor on commentary, exactly. And then the second. The second thing was, who thought it was a good idea to fucking dust off Mike Graham and have him in the fucking match? He's about to be a ref in like a year. Oh, my goodness. I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And like, it just was going on and on. And like, Terry Taylor on commentary says, uh, you know, uh, Dustin wants to be a wrestler like his daddy. And uh, my daddy's a doctor. But you don't see me delivering babies at 22. Wait. Your, his dad's twenty two. How? Or no? I think you Taylor, Taylor was referring to himself as being twenty two. I I even though he probably I wasn't. don't think he was twenty two. I think he, but the way he phrased it, it seemed like he yeah, was saying his just, dad yeah. was twenty two, which yeah. means his dad was younger than him. He's time traveling, and, and, and his he's dad the Taylor made man because he thought he could be the Taylor made man before Ted DiBiase. He time traveled wrong. His dad was Doogie Hauser. <laughs> yes. And he time traveled wrong. His dad's yeah. younger than him. He's yeah. older than his dad and he got his yeah. gimmick wrong. Yeah. We figured it out, folks. Yeah. That's what we do but, here. Yeah, that was yeah, the most interesting part of that a match. Dusty ass match, right? Oh, I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like there's no there, there's there was no intrigue in seeing Valentine. And Mike Graham, like, God rest Mike Graham's soul, but, like, what the fuck were they thinking? Like, who thought that was a good idea? That was a, that was a favorite of Dusty. Like, here, Mike Graham needs 750 bucks. Have him <laughs> lay down for Greg fucking Valentine. That's right, baby. My, uh, my, Michael, he, he, he's on hard times right now. So, so he need I that red it. money, baby. Bill, he need to make the rent. So if the you could condo just, uh, was getting busy. You know, uh, uh, Uncle Eddie did not leave Mike with a whole lot from the territory. So if you will, you give him a payday against this Greg the Hammer guy right here. Have him do the job to Greg the Hammer. And then I promise you, Bill, I promise you, I promise you, we don't have to hire little Dickie Murdoch. But if you just gave Mike Graham a $750 payday, make him, make him work for the pay window, if you will. But yeah, stuff. fucking stupid. Why the fuck did they do that? Yeah, Greg wins with an elbow drop to Mike yeah. Graham. Yeah, yep. Ugh. Yeah. Fuck. Congratulations. Nasty. I hate Congratulations. this Congratulations. Jim Ross then goes to the WCW Top 10. Helen Keller even thought that match sucked. Oh, she, she said, Maggie. Um, oh. Jim Ross. <laughs> 
Oh my, we're gonna get kicked off. Someone's gonna petition us. <laughs> we're, we're wow. We're <laughs> sorry. It's a no, rampant week. Fine. This is your last week, Dave. Second well, well, you did, you did, you did say we're quitting after this episode. So I mean, yeah, I guess you're, you're going. Right. I guess we're going out with you're a bang. Right. So far, we we're, we're we're about you know an hour, you know, almost ninety minutes in. So yeah, waving oh, the white Jesus. flag. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey now. Um, Jim Ross says we go to the WCW Top Ten for the week ending in June twenty seventh, June twenty eighth. Oh, nice, cool. Thanks Number ten, back. Dustin Rhodes. Number nine, Nikita Koloff. Number eight, Ron Simmons. Number Damn. seven, Barry Windham. Number six, Cactus Jack. Number five, Arn Anderson. Number four, Stunning Steve Austin. Los Number Angeles. three, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Number two. Big Bonnie Van Vader. Number one, the U.S. champion, Rick Rude. And your world champion is Sting. Dude, I love this. This is like video game aesthetics or like thought process. Like you win, you move up. You lose, yeah. you move down. This yeah. is the context and continuity that wrestling fans love. This is what yep. AEW is going to do, I believe. Yeah, um, I think they're going to do a ranking system. I, I fucking dig it when you stay on track with it. As long as the guy is not getting injured all the time, as long as you guys can keep up with the storylines, as long as you can make it interesting. Um, yep. That's what it's all about. The last time, the last time something like this occurred in wrestling, uh, TNA did their own little top ten rankings, yeah. and it started out pretty good in the beginning, where guys were fighting to move up, and they were putting their spots in the top ten rankings on the line against other guys in the rankings, or they would say, "If I beat you, I'm going to get to the third spot, and you're going to go down to the seventh, or whatever the case is." And I thought it was good, but. They didn't stick with it. And then, of course, like you said, there was injuries and there was no continuity and just they 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 just kind of like let it like fall to the wayside. Um, I mean, the best the best way to show an example of it for long term, at least for a month or two months wise, is New Japan Pro Wrestling. When they do their G1 Climax, uh, when they do their best of Super Juniors, when they do their uh, World Tag Leagues. These guys stick in it for at least a month or a month and a half, building up yep. storylines. It's incredible. Um, it's the way to tell stories in wrestling. Um, yeah. From for for my fans' perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this top ten. Let's move on. We have the Steiners cutting a promo on Doctor Death and Terry Gordy. I'm gonna cut for a minute, and Rick Steiner is like looking at Scott, like you're ridiculous. And then he cuts a ridiculous promo, and it's like, <laughs> fuck you both, guys. Like, don't look at, like Rick looks at, like go back, and Rick looks at Scott, like you're an idiot. And then once he starts talking, Scott's like, you're the fucking idiot. Yeah, uh, I love them. I love them. I'm sure they like argued all the time. Uh, then they probably we, fought each other I, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like fist fights. Like you yeah. fucked that promo 
promo up, motherfucker. <laughs> um, then we go to Barry Windham out to face John Peterson. I could hardly hear his name because the dubbing over the music is irritatingly loud. Um, Barry wins with a huge superplex off the second rope, mind you. One, two, three. Bouncing back from losing that TV title. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's still coming back for it, though. Uh, we go to a commercial, and we come back, and it's Nikita Koloff out to face Ruben Thomas, or as I would like to put, Thomas's Ruben. Mm, that sounds like a fucking dank sandwich, right? Thomas's Ruben. Yeah. At Carl Jr.'s and Hardy's. Yeah. Thomas Rubens. Uh, Michael P.S. Hayes says that backstage, Rick Rude was saying a lot of things you don't want me to repeat. Like like the N-word? Like I got an ideal. Yeah. Uh, they're building for Rick Rude and Nikita Koloff. Sweet. How about we book Nikita with Vladimir Putin in his corner? <laughs> And we have him face Ricky Rude with Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, do. It's a huge idea. I got an idea. Nikita hits Ruben with the sickle. Yum. Sounds like a good meal. One, two, three. Uh, Then we go to Jim Ross. And he talks about Nikita turning down the offer from the Dangerous Alliance for joining them, like we talked about. And then we flash to Rick Rude and Medusa in the ring. She's so hot right here. Oh, my goodness. I'd fucking... Oh, man. Rick says, Nikita, step up to the plate or I'll throw the final strike. And then all of a sudden, Nikita comes out. This looks familiar, like the Sting Invader lead up. But, regardless, it's good stuff. Nikita grabs Medusa by the hair with both fists. What the fuck? And then tosses her by the head across the ring. The entire ring. And the fans go crazy for this. Yeah, not acceptable in 2019, but I mean, back then, like, dude, babyface wrestlers hitting heel female valets, that was acceptable. Hogan used to clock Sherry with a right hand all the time, and people popped for it, so this doesn't surprise me. Yeah, this is just incredible, though. Um, Yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah, and Tony Schiavone says... Folks, he's from another country. Okay. So that's okay, right? Yeah. Because he's uh, from Russia. That means, oh, sure, yeah, because he's from Russia. Yeah, we, oh, don't worry about it. Oh, the Russian, yeah, he's from Russia. He could beat the shit out of her. No big deal. But if he lived here in the States, oh, it's a different story. Yeah. And Rick Rude and Nikita Koloff brawl in the center of the ring, and then a bunch of wrestlers, including Big Josh, who will later become Doink, come to break it all up. Nikita then... Big Josh, I hadn't heard about him in a while. I know. Thank God. Then Then Nikita goes to commentary with Jim Ross, and he talks about... um, 
uh, Rick Rude says all these things like, if you can't beat them, join them. You're not a team player. Well, I have some other quotes. Dusty taught me some sayings too. Like, uh, know who's on your side and know who's not. Draw the line and let the game begin. Wow. And he tells the Dangerous Alliance to step up or step aside. And it's going to be you and I one-on-one. So he's going right to the top of the food chain. He ain't waiting. Yeah, he wants... uh, he wants that championship that symbolizes freedom, the U.S. championship, which is cool because he's like representing Lithuania, who had just recently gained independence, you know? Yep. And that was also, if I'm not mistaken, his um, story arc. Uh, well, it's, it's ironic you say that because Lithuania also was a big part of the um, the 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 Lithuanian basketball team was a big part of that Summer Olympics that year yes, in Barcelona. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's um, crazy. I mean, I mean, a lot of stuff tying in. Yeah. Um, this is cool. This, I mean, like I've said, I, 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 I want Larry and I want Nikita to keep going to the top. But will we get it? We'll see on these weeks as we mark out the days. We go to the six-man tag team match, which is coming up next. It's State Patrol Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. What a ripoff. Uh, Young Pistol Tracy Smothers and Richard Morton to go against Johnny B. Bad, the Z-Man Tom Zink, and Flying Brian Pillman. Pat Patterson is hard as shit probably watching this. Tom Zink, da, 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 Tom Zink, da, da, da. let me tell you why. He's the best of all the guys. Tom <laughs> Zink, da, 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 da. Tom Zink, da, da. Yeah, Pat Patterson was certainly, oh, you kidding me? Like I'm busting out through the seams. He probably smoked a whole pack of cigarettes before he got his hands on that. Oh, my God, I love these guys. They got banana. Uh, I go bananas. Uh, the match is bananas. Anyhow, they, they call discuss. Him a, they call him the Flying Brian. What's flying? Is it the, is it the, is it his, uh, it is, is his, loose, his loose cannon? The cannon? The loose Ooh. cannon? Is it in the face? And then the he Z-Man. Is the loose, the loose hammock. Yeah, he needs to loosen up the cannon so he can co- he can come out and play. And then the the Johnny the the the, the Johnny B. Bads, yeah. Oh my, oh yeah. base. During this match, they discussed the new off the top rope rule. Any man taking an off the rope top off the top rope offensive maneuver will be disqualified. It's illegal. Hmm. This is just introduced because we just got a recap of this thing shit. We just got recaps last week of guys flying off the top rope. So it's just this week that it's been implemented, mm-hmm. at least since Clash of the Champions, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, you are correct, sir. Pillman, Brian Pillman, does a top rope clothesline to Tracy Smothers. Ole Anderson, the referee, calls for the bell. It's a DQ. Yuck. The fans hate it, but I love it. Um, 
it can be a nice storyline of following through like the old guard versus the young guard. You know, like Ole Anderson is here working with Bill Watts and uh, and these young guys, they, w- they want to come up. But these old rules are here like it could have been a nice fucking story told throughout the year. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah. We're here with uh, Jim Ross, and uh, they've re-explained the top rope rule, and then all of a sudden Brian Pillman shows up with Bill Watts, and uh, he says, Bill Watts says, you have to be thinking, and uh, you have to not come off the top rope. And then all of a sudden Tracy Smothers comes up, and he's like, you had to come off the top rope to bait me, blah, 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 blah. And... Um, Brian says, I don't need to come off the top rope to beat you. Woo! And they, they get broken up and they start to fight and tussle. And we go to a commercial. Then we come back. It's the main event with Medusa. She's so hot. Uh, with Arn Anderson and his opponent, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Wow. Buff Daddy. I know. We get a decent match between these guys. I mean, it's slow and plodding. It's not that entertaining. We get a bear hug that exposes both these guys. The bear essentials, as I would call it. Big zits on the back of Bagwell. And then that transparent comb over from Arn Anderson. The camera angle is perfect here. Yeah, the... Saw the back knee and the bald spots all in one yes. match. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was all right. It was solid. I mean, Anderson Anderson did what he did best. He was a slow, methodical, um, you know, uh, professional wrestler. And Bagwell Ranked number was just, five. Yeah. And Bagwell was just, you know, the flashy, um, you know, baby face that was trying to, you know, get the best of the veteran i mean it was it it was a simple story it wasn't like you said too entertaining it was slow and plotting but it made sense um during the match jim ross and michael p.s hayes talk about the bikini contest that went on at beach blast between the women of missy hyatt and medusa yeah and michael p.s says says you know, my my take is uh, I like women in the kitchen in the bedroom, and then after that, see you later. <laughs> Fucking dog. Do, do, do. Yeah, so go on. Your thoughts on this match? Oh, um. Arn with wins Andrew. with the spine buster. One, yeah. two, three. Like I said, it, it, the story made sense, even though it was slow and wasn't as entertaining. I felt like um, Arn worked to his strengths, and Bagwell, even with the lack of experience that he had at that time, um, had a solid outing with Arn Anderson. I mean, you can't have a bad match with Arn Anderson, otherwise you really fucking suck. Yeah, and Arn follows it up with a great promo, too. He says, Adversity introduces a man to himself. Wow, what a great... What a great saying. Oh, he's, um, he's, he's full of them. He's full of them, man. And I'm standing right here. And I wasn't flashy enough. They told you all wasn't strong enough. But I have a non-title match against Sting. 
You think you're going to use me as a warm-up boy? <laughs> My focus is on me. And you're no longer immortal. You can be beat and hurt and bleed. And if you can be, if you can bleed, then you can be beat. And I'm the man you need to look to. Not Vader. Wow. Good stuff by Arn Anderson. Oh, yeah. And, uh, that's the end of the fucking program. Yep. And that's why WCW wins. Just that shit alone. Like, impactful things that move the storyline forward. Everything going forward for WCW is, like, positive. Everything for WWF is just, like, we know where you're going, but when? Yeah. No, it's... Yeah, you're great, great point there. And that's, I, like I said, WWF superstars treading water. WCW, um, Saturday night, swimming downstream. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. So now WCW in the lead with eight, <clears throat> WWF with one, and then one tie. Folks, that's this week's episode of Marking Out the Days. Weekend Warriors edition for June 27th, 1992. Dave, as a, always, it's a pleasure. You want to plug away and then we'll get out of here. Thank you very much. Um, like I said, I'll be gone on this show for the month of July, but I have the majority of uh, the uh, the kicking out at two shows already in the can, ready to distribute. So, um, starting with uh, next week, July the third, in your house, Calgary Stampede watch party, wedding day watch party. We send off Justin before he goes to the altar and says, "I do." When we watched that event, it was headlined with the Heart Foundation against Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Goldust, and the Legion of Doom from the Calgary Saddle Dome, uh, July the 6th, 1997. The following week, trading places, WCW Bash at the Beach, 1994. What if Hulk Hogan was unable to defeat Ric Flair in his debut match? Never. What if, Dude, what if Arn ever. Anderson did not turn on Dust, Dustin Rhodes against the, Colonel Parker's stud stable? What if Ricky Steamboat was able to, to take away the United States Championship from stunning Steve Austin. You'll find out all those answers and then some with trading places, Bash at the Beach, 1994. The following week, hoping to get it done, praying, trying to work with the podcast gods, but there's one more show I got to put in the can that I haven't been able to do yet with some scheduling conflicts. Bash at the Beach 1995, watch along the night that WCW held their annual summer event on the beach in Huntington, California. You had Hogan and Vader in a cage, Savage and Flair in a lifeguard match, Sting, the Dungeon of Doom. Pretty memorable event on a, a negative level as well as a positive level. <laughs> you can check that out July the 17th, watch party over on Kicking Out of Two. Following week, Blue Skies Wrestling as we cover outdoor stadium wrestling events. The evolution of the concept from the beginning 
all the way up until now with WrestleManias being outdoors and in big stadiums. We're going to cut we're going to discuss some of my memories growing up watching wrestling outdoors and why I'm such a huge mark for it. And we end the month of July with another Trading Places series on Kicking Out of Two as we cover SummerSlam 1991. What if Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior were unable to defeat the Triangle of Terror? What if the Big Boss Man went to jail instead of the Mountie? What if Brett the Hitman Hart was unable to defeat Mr. Perfect to become the Intercontinental Champion. We cover all those possibilities and then some with a game of role reversal for SummerSlam 1991 with our Trading Places series. And that covers the entire month of July for Kicking Out of Two. You can find all those shows over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network when they drop each week. You can also find them over on our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out of Two. Hit the like button if you haven't already. If you have, tell a friend to hit the like button. Same goes for our Twitter. Our handle is at Kicking Out Two. And we drop them on SoundCloud as well, so you can go to SoundCloud.com. But head on over to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network because that's where it's at. And uh, you can find all the Kicking Out archived links over there on that mm-hmm. channel. Just search Retromania. You'll find With that a W. The, with a W. That's right. Sorry, I got to plug this correctly. With a W. And you'll find Kicking Out of Two's archive links, as well as Origins of Attitude, Hulkamania is Dead, Marking Out the Days, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, and so much more. So, hope you guys all enjoy your summer, um, and I look forward to coming back the month of August and yeah, continuing man. to mark out the days with you, Kobe. We're gonna miss and you. Who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll make us. Maybe I'll do a surprise run in. Please do. You know, if if, if I got some time, who knows? Please but do. We'll, we'll, you're, we'll see you're how it happens. Welcome. Um, Thank yeah, you. We're going to miss you for this month, but uh, we will have your back archive and your updated episodes for July for King Down at 2, like you said. Um, thanks for all the plugs, man. And uh, enjoy your little vacation. And uh, we will catch you next time. I hope it's too sweet.